Hey guys, thanks for stopping in. In this one, Molly goes solo. She kind of wanted to be a little bit more personal with you guys. So uh, I'm not home while she records this. And Arrow is all over the place in the background. So you're going to have to bear with her. Some pretty deep stuff though. So I hope you guys enjoy it. And I, we, we really hope it helps you out. But enjoy the episode. Hey guys, so this is a solo episode with just me today. I um, has just had it on my heart that I wanted to share a little bit about my um, journey through my mental health. So I'm just going to get into it. Um, this is a little bit heavier episode and just a warning, it does get into suicidal thoughts and just thoughts of self-harm. So yeah, we will begin. So um, I remember... As a young girl, I really did not love myself, but I thought this was pretty normal. Um, I never, it wasn't like myself that I didn't love. I just remember hearing voices in my head just constantly saying that you're, you're just not enough. You're not enough. You're not smart enough. You're not um, pretty enough. You're not, you're not enough. Um, and it was really hard for me to hear those voices and I didn't really want to share about them because, um, I was a Christian and not that I was raised in a, in a home that said mental health was not real, but I was raised in a home that we pray over mental health and it's kind of just done. Um, we weren't very open about it. So I kind of just kept it to myself again. I just thought everyone was dealing with this. And I remember at a young age in seventh grade, I texted my friend and I said, I don't want to live anymore. I don't want to live. And I remember she said, you need to tell your mom. And I just never did. So growing up through high school, back and forth, I just, I just remember that I I had such a hard time coping with things. It was, it was just really hard for me to, um, to get a grasp on um, people not accepting me. People, I mean, it's not the best example, but people making fun of me. People uh, taking time out of their day to just pick on me, and um, I that was really really hard on me. I wasn't able to cope well with that, and I just remember again why am I alive? Why am I here? I don't want to do this anymore. Um, and then I kind of just dealt with it again. I thought everyone was going through this and, um, I didn't want to admit to it, I guess, because I didn't really want people to think that I was attention seeking, that I was just wanting people to feel bad for me because that was very, very much not what I wanted. I didn't want this of myself. So I think how I went about it, if, if I don't want this, then I'm not going to talk about it and therefore I don't have it. So um, fast forward a few years after that, I went through a really bad time where I started having panic attacks and I I even skipped school a couple of days when I was in beauty school because I couldn't get myself out of bed. And I just remember just praying, God, just take this away. I can't, I can't do this anymore. It's so hard, please. So um, at the time, I did have a boyfriend and I decided to break up with him because I, I just couldn't continue keeping that relationship without feeling like I was in 
dead end and I didn't want to be in this anymore. So I broke up with him and three days after that, Tim Sanders came into my life and uh, God really helped me grow when he brought me Tim. So I remember for a long time, I I didn't deal with anxiety or depression. And I finally, um, when we finally got married, I think that's when anxiety and depression came back up. And um, not to say that I, I didn't deal with it when we were dating, but it just wasn't as strong, I guess. Um, but when we got married, it ramped up again because I, I saw what sinners we are. And it was, it was a hard transition, um, especially for us, just because there were a few things that were lied to and a few things that were hidden from each other. But I mean, that's just the way God decided to grow us, and He is blessing those lies, and He is turning every bad thing that the enemy intended for good. So, um, as I was saying, I started getting panic attacks and um, anxiety attacks, and I remember just being like, I don't want to be here. Again, here I am. I don't want to be here. These aren't just thoughts anymore. They they are wanting to turn into actions, and some of them were actions, and and it's just it's a hard thing to admit, and it's a silly thing to admit. It feels like, and it feels like a selfish thing to admit. But, um, anyways, I told Tim, and honestly, he was not the best at receiving it because he's never dealt with this before, and that is another thing that changed my mind. I'm like, wait you've never dealt with anxiety and depression before? And he, he talked to me. He's like, I, I mean, I felt like, yeah, I it'd be easier if I wasn't here, but I've never felt the feelings of planning my way out. And I've never felt the feelings of actually wanting to kill myself. Like, I don't know what you mean by that. And so we both saw that there were different parts of our brain that were connected and some that weren't connected. And, um, I am more of an emotional person than Tim is. And Tim, um, is definitely more closed off emotionally. So that does play into it, but I could finally see that somebody else wasn't dealing with these things. And that was weird to me to, um, see that. So fast forward to getting pregnant. I remember I found out I was pregnant, and it was a weird feeling. Um, it was a feeling of sure, like just terror, terror. I was terrified. Um, I don't know. It was I'm at loss for words to describe how I felt, but I remember put on a happy face for your husband because he is so happy. And I want to be so happy too. This this is this is a happy time, so be happy. Like this isn't your plan, this wasn't your plan, but just be happy. And and I also remember thinking, well, so many women can't get pregnant or they have a hard time or they miscarry. Why do I why do I feel like this when I am so blessed to be pregnant and to carry this baby? And uh so that was a really hard time for me trying to juggle those emotions of um, being scared and not wanting to tell my husband just because I didn't want to accept that I wasn't happy. So, so yeah, I, um, I struggled with that for a while and I remember going into the first ultrasound, first couple of ultrasounds, honestly, 
And if you guys can hear stuff in the back, it's a little arrow, actually. under it, They're just uh, playing with the keyboard. So, anyways, um, I remember going in ultrasounds and being like, okay, just... Uh, if there's a baby, be happy, but it would be really nice if there wasn't a baby anymore. And that's really hard for me to say. I, I, I really did not care if I had a miscarriage because I remember thinking, well, if I have a miscarriage, I can finally be sad about something. I finally have a reason to be sad. Like, that I'm pregnant, I have no reason to be sad. But if I have a miscarriage, I I can finally find people to relate with that they're sad about having a miscarriage. So every single time I walked into the office and checked on my little boy, I found they found a heartbeat. And that little boy is here today. And I have never been so grateful that God has not... Um, heard my plans or um, that my plans don't work out. Um, so, yeah, so that's a hard thing to admit that you go into a, a room and you don't know if you want this baby or not because I knew so many women who wanted babies so bad and they want babies so bad and they've gone through miscarriages. They've gone through so many things and it's so hard to think about wait, I'm sad. Why can't I be sad when I have a healthy baby and in a healthy pregnancy? Why am I not allowed to be sad? So um, I just hid those. And I remember I would come back from babysitting um, or work and I just called Tim and I just bawl and I'd be like, I don't know if I want Arrow. I know that I love him, but I don't know if I want him. And I just remember finally admitting to that but I don't it just took so long to admit that so fast forward again um it was the day of my labor well actually rewind um one day in the summer it was I was seven months pregnant and um it had been a really really stressful week both of our cars no, we were getting a new car, and our, our we were redoing our floor. And you guys probably remember this. A sander went through our car window, so we had a new. We had to get a new car. We didn't necessarily have the money to get a new car. Um, we got a new to us car. But anyway, so we got a new car, and um, that day that we were planning on getting the car, I woke up. Well, the day before, I remember feeling a kick at around let's say 2 p.m. And I felt little arrow kick and he always, always, always kicked me constantly, constantly kicked me. And uh, it didn't make me that happy, honestly. It hurts. And um, at least it hurt me. Um, Pregnancy was not easy for me. I had morning sickness almost the whole nine months. I got, I puked when I was in labor. Um, Also, I had back surgery when I was younger, so um, I have two metal rods going down my spine, and so there's no flexibility in my body when other women can have um, an easier, I'm not going to say an easier pregnancy, but they have uh, more flexibility. So it was really hard for me because I was not able to um, 
hold the baby completely correctly. They kind of had to uh, check me. They had to check if I had to have a C-section. All these things, I had to talk to an anesthesiologist about getting an epidural. And they said, well, basically, you shouldn't get an epidural because it's not going to work. Um, it's so... And then if I had a C-section, they had to talk about how they couldn't do a spinal tap to me. So I would be completely asleep and I would not be there for my son's birth, basically. Um, So those were two very scary things. And um, so that day I had felt him kick at 2 p.m. And then I was super stressed. We had a super stressful week. And um, that night we found out that we got the car because there was someone else that was ahead of us that might be getting the car. So um, we got the car and we went to sleep and the next day we were going to go make an appointment to go get the car. And then I woke up that morning and I didn't feel Arrow kick and he always would kick at 7am. I remember. Um, I didn't feel him kick. So I, I drank an iced coffee I think I drank two iced coffees, actually, because that's what I was drinking in uh, very high heat. But I also needed caffeine to um, get this baby moving. So um, I drank the iced coffee and there was no movement. So I told him, hey, no, no uh, need to be afraid. Arrow hasn't moved. Um, But it just could be he's, like, sleeping. He's not very active right now. I haven't moved him. I haven't felt him move since 2 p.m. last last night. And he, so Tim's like, okay, go for a walk. Because every time we would go for a walk, Arrow would um, kick. So I I let the coffee sink in. And during my walk, I just felt this overwhelming fear that we were going to lose our baby. And that was the first time I felt attached to him. But on the flip side, there was another part of my, my brain that was like, you know what? If this baby dies, your life is going to be the same. You're not going to have to change. If this baby is gone, your life might be easier. And when I heard that thought in my head, I never admitted it to one person. I knew in my mind that's not what I wanted to believe. And so we went to the hospital and they ran all the tests. And the minute they took the little, uh, I don't know what it's called, but it looks like a little shocker. They shock your belly and, and the baby kicks, right? And so right when they took the little, I'm going to call it the baby shocker, right when they took the baby shocker and put it on my belly and, and shocked arrow, he, it's a little vibration, by the way, he kicked and they showed me where his little butt is and they showed me where his little head was. And, um, yeah, so that was, um, a really scary moment and a really beautiful one because God showed me I did love this little boy. And so... Once again, fast forward to me and labor. I had a very strenuous labor. Um, I get put on Pitocin because when my water broke, it didn't break fully. It just leaked. And it also, I was only dilated one centimeter, which is awful. I'm, yeah, you're supposed to be eight centimeters dilated by the time. 
by the time you have the your baby. So, uh, well, I I think I'm wrong there. I don't know if it's eight centimeters or ten centimeters. I'm not an expert. <laughs> it was such a blur, guys. But anyway, so um, I was only dilated one centimeter, and I had been dilated one centimeter for four weeks, I think, like ever since they first checked me. Well, I wasn't dilated, obviously. And then I was one centimeter dilated for three weeks. So yeah, that was not fun. And um, so I went in and I was in there for 19 hours. I get put on Pitocin. So while I was in the hospital for 19 hours, I got put on Pitocin and they needed me to progress. And I really did not progress. Um, it seriously took me around 19 hours to to dilate, and um, it was pretty awful. It was a it's pretty hard. It was a pretty hard labor. Um, my contractions were every they were lasted two minutes, and they were every no they lasted a minute long, and they were every two minutes for. I mean, I think six hours they had me on Pitocin and then they had to take me off and then I had to go on again. So yeah, that was a hard labor. I know other women have easier or have other hard labors and that's just, just, every labor is hard. We're just going to give it at that. We're just going to say that. But, um, but anyways, so once I was getting down to the wire, I remember feeling really angry, angry at Tim, angry at Arrow, angry at everybody. And I remember the nurse, she, she told me, she said, look, you're almost done. You just got to do this for Arrow. Just remember who you're doing this for. And I, and I looked at her and I remember I said, I don't love Arrow. And that's the first time I ever told anyone that. And I was sure that they weren't going to let me take him home because I had said that to that nurse. I was so scared. And I, I didn't even admit that to Tim. I don't even know if he heard that I said that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that was that was the reality of me and my depression during the time of having him in my belly and going through labor. And I, I was like, I don't love him. And, and the the wits ends of my pain had brought me to that point where I finally said it out loud and um I didn't have an epidural and I was so exhausted and it was just a really hard thing for me and when she said you're doing this for arrow and I was like well I don't even have this attachment to this little boy in my body like why are you telling me that I'm doing this for someone that I don't even love someone that I don't even know someone that I don't know if they'll love me and so, yeah, I mean, that was a very difficult time for me. So um, once we brought him home, I was like, okay, I love him. He's here. I can actually find a reason to love this little boy because he's here in my arms. And it was so hard, you guys. I loved him so much. And the thing that I realized is I didn't love myself. And I didn't see myself the way God saw me. Very, very opposite of how God saw me, actually. Um, so, once I um, got him home, I remember it was about, he was probably a month old. It, newborn is very hard, and it was especially hard for me. 
I don't really know why, but I was expecting newborn to be the easiest phase. But I think it just gets harder your whole life. <laughs> Not saying that having kids isn't the greatest thing in the world, but it is hard. It is, it's very, very hard. So anyways, um, it was about a month in and I remember hearing um, a famous pastor had committed suicide and I was jealous. I remember thinking, well, geez, why am I not brave enough to commit suicide? Why can't I give up? And that was awful. And I remember then also thinking about how much I need to pump for Tim and Arrow to be set, for Arrow to have a year supply of milk, or for him to just at least get through six months if I were to commit suicide. And then I had a mental breakdown and a panic attack on the bathroom floor. And I called Tim and he had to come home from work. And he went to the doctor with me that day to get me on medicine. Um, the medicine did work. I remember, I remember it was almost like you had... I had these foggy glasses, like when you are in the shower too long and, you're, and you, your glasses are just fogged up completely, but you can see a little bit, but like you can't see a whole lot. So um, I remember it was like putting on a, gra- a brand new pair of glasses and it was like when you walk out of the steamy shower and your, your steam just disappears. It felt like I was looking at myself in a whole new lens. It was so such a weird feeling, honestly. And, and I finally could understand. I'm like, wow, Tim. Like, my mind's not telling me these things anymore. Like, there were, they were telling me these things, but I was able to combat it with the truth. And that was the first time in my entire life that I had been able to do that. And, uh, that was really, um, really hard that I admitted that I did have maybe a clinical issue. See, I said, just said maybe, um, that I did have a clinical issue, but it it felt like I was also strong enough to be a parent and to be a wife that I actually wanted to be. And for a long time, um, I finally got to retrain myself how to talk to myself and how to respond to my thoughts spiraling. And uh, yeah, that was that was a very new thing for me. And, and I'm very thankful that God um, gave me that ability to be on that medicine. And I'm so thankful that he gave us the medicine um, because I mean, the, the medicine really helped me to realize, okay, like you can do this. You are above your thoughts. And, um, so after that two months, I decided, okay, I'm starting to feel a little bit better. My doctor, um, let me know, like if you start feeling better within two months or within a month, like you start feeling like you can get through this, um, just let her know and they'll start weaning me off. So I weaned off of the medicine and it worked. I mean, I didn't have any adverse reactions and it was a little bit hard. And I mean, there are some days where I still 
wish that I could take the anxiety medicine, um, but I also don't want to take the anxiety medicine and then have to go through um, just retraining my body again. So uh, Tim is a very good husband when it comes to that. And he's like, hey, let's not do it yet. Let's not get back on the medicine yet. Like this is a bad day. Um, tomorrow might be different. And if it's not, then we'll take it one day at a time. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's very, very understanding with it. Um, so it's been a big journey for me. Um, there's some days that I am on top of the world and I can, I work out, I have breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, um, everything's planned out. We go for walks. I, I crush it in my, uh, cleaning skills. The laundry is in the washer and dryer. Whites are separated. Darks are separated. Everything is great. And there's some days where everything, I, I don't want to get out of bed. There's days where I get mad at Arrow easily and I snap and, and I, I then, once I snap, that I just feel so less than, so, why would you do that? He has no idea what he's upset about. Just give him a break. Give him a break. There's no reason to feel this for a baby. And um, I just have to constantly remind myself, guys, that, that what I went through is a real problem. But what I have is exactly what God equipped me to do. He equipped me to be a mommy. He, he gave me this husband that is so gracious and so full of wisdom to help me um, get through this part of my life, get through this mental um, block in my life. Um, it's a really hard thing to admit to your spouse that you want to kill yourself and and he I'm I mean there were some times that he took it the wrong way and he took it ways that I did not want and he has not been so sweet about it but that I mean he has grown so much and so much grace and he's given me so much grace um so, I mean, he helps out with when I have hard days and we've, we've discovered that he needs to touch me when I am going through these times. He needs to, I mean, he's even gone so far as he, this is like a skin to skin method for babies, but it works for me completely. He takes off his shirt and he has me lay his, my, my head on his chest and, um, it's not an easy thing to do in the time, but it helps me to be grounded um, it helps me to remember, like, I am a human, and I am here, and he is here, and he's not gonna leave, and I am not gonna leave either, um, so those are some things that we have grown into. Another thing he helps me to cope is he basically just says, okay, we're gonna go for a walk, no questions asked, like, I know that you need to go outside, or he, also, he'll start a random conversation and he'll ask me random questions that have nothing to do with what I'm going through. And, and sometimes I tell him, I don't want to answer those, those questions. I don't want to answer those questions. I don't feel like it. And he, he just keeps on persevering. Um, it's not perfect every time and I don't react perfectly every time, but 
those are some ways that we cope and get through this together. Um, I don't know if I'll suffer with this my whole life and I'm not on medicine and I do do aromatherapy um, with essential oils. So I, I tr am trying to do it in the most natural route as possible. But I mean, the Lord is sustaining me, guys. And I honestly can't wait to be pregnant again and hopefully and I'm believing that I'll love this pregnancy and I won't feel any shame about it if I don't um I want to be an open book for you guys I don't want you to feel alone because I know if I'm going through this that somebody else has gone through it. Somebody else has not loved being pregnant. Somebody else has told a nurse that they don't love this baby. Somebody else, I mean, somebody else is going through this in a more severe way even. Somebody else uh, wants to get an abortion because they just don't feel like they have the capacity capacity to to go through this. But sister, I'm here for you. I have experienced those feelings um I have experienced the part where I don't know if I'm grown up enough I don't know if I can have this baby I don't know if I can raise this baby I don't know if I can handle this 30 minutes that he's screaming his head off I don't know if I can handle the the Monday when you go back to work Tim like I don't know if I can handle it you've been home with me You've been home with me all weekend. Like, how am I supposed to know? Like, how am I supposed to take care of this baby alone? Um, how am I supposed to homeschool one day? How am I supposed to do all this, do all that? I'm not supposed to. It is, it is God's alone. It is God's alone to plan. It is alone God's plan. And it is his alone. Um, it's not mind a plan. It's not my grace to give myself. I've read in a book. I can't remember which book it is. Um, Brave Enough, I think. It's called Brave Enough. But anyways, I will get that exact book and put it in the show notes for you guys if you're interested. Um, I read that people always say, give yourself some more grace. But that is the emptiest statement. Because you are yourself have to get grace from God and grace alone comes from God without God there was no such thing as grace so the fact that we think that we can give ourselves more grace is just insane um when you you say I give my or just give yourself some grace you're putting yourself in in the place of God and that's not where I want to be I don't want to be God. I don't, I don't, I don't want to make the decisions for my life. I, I want somebody else to make these plans for me because obviously my plans are not my, like my best life. Um, I experienced that once I went through these, these thoughts of just trying to leave my family and trying to think of what was best for my family and those are, that's not the answer. The answer is not suicide. The answer is not hurting yourself. The answer is not just, the answer is not hating yourself. Just, just love yourself the way God sees you and, and ask for him to give you grace. And, and I promise you, sister, it's not going to feel like a, a change overnight. 
it's not even going to feel like a change over a course of a day, a course of a week, a course of a, a month. But when you go back and you look at your life, let's say I look back, I mean, I looked back eight months ago and I'm a totally different person. The way that I handle my anxiety attacks and panic attacks sometimes I've never been able to do that before in my life. I've never been able to tell myself, okay, these are just feelings, Molly. You can get past this. You can do it. And you guys, I've been on medicine before. I I have been to a point where my mind was like, no. No, you actually can't do it. You actually need medicine. So there is a time that you need medicine to help your mind to survive, um, but there's no shame in that. So, sister, be with me this week. Let's pray for each other. Let's lift each other up. Let's support the mamas that just became new mamas, especially during these scary times. Let's, let's love our neighbors. Let's not write that harsh Instagram post. Don't comment mean things on random people's Facebook. Don't, don't do that there's no reason each one of us is fighting a battle and those little squares on instagram not even showing a quarter of the battle of what we are going through um so just lift them up in your prayers lift mamas up in your prayers and just let's get through this week together um let's just let's pray for one another let's be there for one another just really um come together as men and women of of Christ and pray for those who we have no idea their stories. Even the happiest of the happiest moms on Instagram could be going through these exact same thoughts as I went through. I need to remind myself that. So Arrow is getting very fussy because I decided <laughs> I decided to record this podcast while Tim was at work. That might have been a mistake. <laughs> but anyways, I am really thankful that you guys listened this week, and I hope you guys got something out of it. Um, I'm sure Tim and I will be back next week with a lighthearted episode, and uh, I really love doing the podcast with him, and we are loving and enjoying this. I hope you guys are too. Be sure to follow me on Instagram, molly.ann.sanders, Molly and then also uh, subscribe to Tim's YouTube page. We will link everything below for you. And I hope you guys are having an amazing week. If it is nice where you are at, go enjoy the weather. I hope that you can listen to me on this walk, on a walk that you take, um, on a bike ride that you take. Just go do something for yourself. Go do something for your mental health. Um, you are not alone. And I hope this podcast helps you to see that you are not alone and go share with someone else that they are not alone. Thank you guys so much for listening. And um, if you could leave us a five-star review and subscribe to our podcast. We will see you guys later. Thank you. Do you want to say something, Arrow? Do you want to say something? <laughs> what else? That is enough from us. So thank you guys for listening. See ya.